I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, y'all. I'm Joe Tower, and you're listening to Tales of Male Folly, a storytelling podcast based on the Los Angeles live show of the same name. The live show features a lineup of four performers, all male, telling true stories that put the embarrassment and shame back into being a man. Each episode of this podcast will feature one new story by one new storyteller, recorded live at one of our past shows, and presented to you here and now, as is. I promise what you're about to hear is totally unedited and unfucked with. If you're ever in the LA area, you should check out our website, talesofmalefolly.com, for more info, as well as upcoming event dates and times. You can also find us on Facebook, Tumblr, and Instagram. You can't find us on Twitter because, well, fuck Twitter. All right, enough small talk. Let's get on with the folly. Drew Drogi. Drew motherfucking Drogi. Drew Drogi is a comedy assassin, and I promise this won't spoil the mystique at all, but also a total goddamn sweetheart. If you've never seen him perform at the Groundlings or his Chloe 70 in any number of his online videos or live appearances, or in his celebrated one-man play, Bright Colors and Bold Patterns, currently playing in New York, please turn this podcast off, leave right now, and go do that. And then come back and listen to this, but only after all that. Drew has done our show twice. First, the time before we discovered the technological advent of our iPhones and started recording the shows. This particular story was his second appearance and comes from a July 2016 show at The Virgil and concerns Drew's very particular point of view about current nice celebrities, followed by his tale about a run-in with legendary Hollywood diva Faye Dunaway. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this little ditty from the dangerously hilarious Drew Drogi. Hey, everybody. How's it going? Greg, did you ever find out what was in that blunt? I'm back there going, okay, was it embalming fluid? Was it elephant tranquilizers? I, that's so crazy. Oh, my God, that's the worst. Um... Look at this. I feel like I'm in cafe society. Anybody seen it? I thought not. Oh, you have. Oh, it's awful. I saw it last night. Um, terrible. Woody Allen. I mean, I love, I love that he does a movie every year, but it's like, maybe not. Maybe don't. And like 30s screwball zippy comedy. Oh, let's get Kristen Stewart to do that because she definitely is our Roz Russell. That's perfect. I'm horrible. Nice to meet you all. Um, so I, my story, I, I, I did this in a show last week, and I, I, we had to write our stories down or, or type them. So I'm going to read my story. Um, it's not a lot about male folly other than, um, I don't know. I'm not even going to qualify it. I don't know. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. It's the story. <gasps> <laughs> Early.
Earlier this year, Zac Efron bought an iPhone for one of his fans. The other day, I saw a real sweet meme of Beyonce photobombing someone's selfie. I'm sure somewhere on this planet, Harry Styles is currently spooning an emoji and Snapchatting it, making everyone go, squee! (laughs) Excuse me while I rage vomit into the vortex of my own despair. Now listen, I can accept that our language has devolved into clicks and winks and numbers, rudely inserted into despoiled letters to make cute title sequences, I can stomach stupid phrases like all the feels and Pokemon paranoia and it's bra 30. It's a thing, yeah. I can deal with something called Chewbacca mom, but celebrities being nice? Fuck that shit. I mean, I did not move to Los Angeles to become besties with Rachel Bilson. If it happens... Great. But she doesn't owe me that. And I mean, why, why are we so obsessed with just how sweet and normal and just like us they are? Why should these starlets and ingenues who have climbed and clawed and lied and ruined and murdered and smized, why should they now have to be kind? That's truly disgusting. I want my movie stars to be shit bat, flat out, criminally insane. Every morning I awaken, I, I awaken hoping to read about Taylor Swift biting pigeons in the park. <laughs> or Carrie Washington living inside a refrigerator with kidnapped third graders. <laughs> or Chris Pratt insisting that everyone now call him Cheryl Ladd. Anything. But no. We just have Randy Quaid, and that's it. (laughs) This is why I love Faye Dunaway. This woman (laughs) is so constantly, consistently living inside a cauldron of crazy. She doesn't walk into rooms. She rips into them. As if the air is her nemesis, and its time is limited. Her voice is cinnamon-rimmed strychnine. Her gait is determined, and her mission is clear. She is here to destroy you. In other words, she's the only true star we have left. Thank you. Now, I'm sure everyone in this room has a Faye Dunaway story. She's everywhere, everyone has the story. She's like pressed juice. We've all had it, we've all paid too much for it, and we'd all happily go back for more. (laughs) Years ago, I was friends with a liar. (laughs) He told me he was a fashion consultant for Michelle Obama. He was constantly turning down huge television and Broadway opportunities in order to be faithful to his sketch comedy truth and do wig theater in basements where he could scream at me. He was 31 for 12 years. So when he told me that he was neighbors with Faye Dunaway, I simply said, oh, that's cool. 
one deeply hungover morning after a night of 7-Eleven Pinot Grigio and two-person relationship sketches, I wake up on his couch and decide to go for a walk. Stumbling down the cracked and sugared West Hollywood streets, I walk past a former member of 98 Degrees. Or, or maybe it was Take That. Or maybe he's a newscaster. I don't know. He smiles at me, and I think, fuck that douche. Then, furiously rounding the corner, not unlike Cruella DeVille's cartoon hate mobile, a giant coffin-esque vehicle rudely porks itself into a driveway. The passenger door immediately opens, and I hear an exasperated yet purposeful, and out she scratches. She's a hurricane of talons and wisps and poisoned meat. I instinctively jump inside her pruned hedge to hide and to listen. I'm terrified, but I also know that this moment is mine. Although I can't really see her, it sounds like her journey from the car to the front door is equal parts arduous and witchy. Immediately upon entering her home, I hear a piercing, what the fuck is in my house? I, I freeze. I'm like, is she okay? Does she need help? Is she running lines for a devious maids audition? Like, what's going on? So then I hear a very calm assistant inform her that someone has sent her flowers. Get them out! Get them out! I didn't ask for these! <laughs> to which her slave, who sounds quite tired, replies... Well, all right. <laughs> I am in love. I dig myself out of her shrubs, wipe the wine sweat off of my forehead, and consider it a perfect day. About a year later, around 10 a.m. on a Friday, I go to the Arclight to spend $300. so that I could eat designer ice cream and enjoy wonderful curtain speeches from ushers who wear lanyards stating that their favorite movie is Mary Riley. As I walk down this, the upsettingly both wide and short steps to the lower level, right? It's like... Uh, I hear an unmistakable, well, just what the hell is wrong with my car? and screeching into her Blackberry in plate-sized sunglasses, a crimped eggplant scarf, a giant boss of the plains hat. <laughs> there she stands, pissed. She also has tons of important industry trade papers folded under her arms. You know, some assholes go to the movies to watch a film. <laughs> Not Faye, honey, she's all business. There's no bush for me this time. Those steps of the arc light are so vast and naked and judgmental. I have to walk past her. I am a trembling wreck, and she doesn't give a shit. I go to the concession stand, and I can still hear her acid vitriol stabbing through her phone. I love this woman. 
After waiting a reasonable three hours for my exorbitant snacks, I walk into the theater and realize that my assigned seat is right next to Faye fucking Dunaway. There are like five other people in the theater, but somehow I have the fortune and the misfortune to sit next to Mommy Dearest. Now, I know I can't sit right next to her. She'll either like decide we're friends and chat me up and shatter my respect for her, or she'll annihilate me. And as fun as that would be, I really want to watch Slumdog Millionaire. Also, my seat is now occupied with today's Hollywood Reporter, which Faye has draped on either side of her. Now, okay, when I see this, I actually wonder if on both occasions I'd actually seen Faye Dunaway or if this is just my liar friend in a wig going to another elaborate extreme to trick me. I mean, honestly, if I saw a movie in which a legendary star was in a theater with Hollywood newspapers surrounding her, I would never buy it. But buy it, motherfuckers. This is how Faye Dunaway rolls. So I sit two seats away from her. Before the movie starts, she keeps clamoring out of her seat to check on the status of her poor, giant, ancient hearse-mobile. I want to say, oh, I know your car, but I know better than to face the eyes of Laura Mars. Besides, I don't want her to think I'm crazy. Not because she would judge me for it, but because she would consider it competition. After what must have been like five or nine trips back and forth between her seat in the lobby, yelling herself hoarse into her large phone, stomping across the aisles, flouncing and readjusting her cape. Yes, she was wearing a cape. (laughs) Each time pushing past my legs, stepping on me, huffing and raging, I decide that I'm going to make her say, excuse me. This will be a fun game. So, so anyway, the next time she storms up to my abused and tattered body, instead of moving out of her way, I just keep my gangly monster legs fully out, extended to the rail, and blankly stare ahead at the empty screen. My mouth pulls on red vines as I try to make sense of the bizarre sang- sign language finger puppet arc light sign. What is that? I'm just staring at it. While the woman who famously screamed, don't fuck with me, fellas, is patientlessly growling over my body. It feels like years wash over me as I just try to be calm and dead inside while the carnival dragon from Supergirl hatefully pants to get to her seat. Finally, she inhales all of the oxygen on sunset and bellows, Excuse me! (laughs) To which I quickly reply, oh, oh, hey, sorry, I didn't see you there. Okay, great. She whisks by me, sits down. We both let out a relenting sigh, and for one collective breath, we see each other for what we are. Lonely assholes in the dark. (laughs) Once the movie begins, she takes copious notes with a baby pencil. (laughs) Furiously, the squeak of dull graphite mixed with grumbles and constant crinkling of newspapers and scarves and capes only lasts about seven minutes, after which Faye has decided she's had enough. 
She promptly stands up, gives me a condescending, but also kindly cunty, excuse me, and flees, leaving behind nothing but those torn, tragic, used trade papers, remnants of yesterday's news, Hollywood's toilet paper for someone else to discover and throw away. And this, my children, is a star. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening. Our live show is produced every other month at the Virgil in Los Angeles by me, Joe Tower, with the help of Brian Weiss and Alex Gredet. It's presented in partnership with Big Brothers Big Sisters of Greater Los Angeles. This podcast is produced by me, Joe Tower, and executive produced and edited by Brian Weiss. It's available on iTunes, Google Play, and also for subscription on SoundCloud, along with a bunch of other great podcast content as part of the Extra Credit Network. If you liked what you heard here, please subscribe and rate us. Or if you hated what you heard here and want us to fuck off, leave us a review and tell us what we can do better. If you'd like to contact us, or if you have a story to tell in spoken or written form, you can email us at talesofmalefolly at gmail.com. Oh, and one last time, you can find us online at www.talesofmalefolly.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.